0: Welcome back to the second bonus episode of Season 2. Just as a recap, for these bonus episodes we'll be looking at uh, author Anthony Masters and we'll be reading a story from each of his Stories to Tell in the Dark series. Tonight's tale will be from Horror Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, As I said before, we'll be doing one story from each book as these bonus episodes, just to draw a bit of attention uh, to the author, Anthony Masters, and uh, and these books. Uh, so, from the back cover, The flames flicker, the night deepens, Something's moving in the shadows. Alone on the moors, they gather round the fire, All waiting to tell their own horror story. So with each of these books, it seems to have a... Uh, gathering in some kind of spooky setting or another. This one uh, apparently on some moors gathered around a fire, which is a suitable place to tell ghost stories. So uh, tonight's story is called Intercity 509. Jenny's mother loved her beaten up Minnie. Although it was very old and regularly broke down, her father had said recently, "Look, Annie, we're going to have to get rid of that wreck of yours. It's burning money." But her mother was adamant. Angel's got another few thousand miles in her yet, and I'm going to get her resprayed. I'm not selling her, Henry. Selling her? Jenny's father had closed his eyes. She wouldn't fetch a penny. She's only fit for the scrap heap. It was a familiar discussion. Usually her parents had a row at this point and Jenny switched off she knew that her mother loved her car but secretly she had always thought angel wasn't a particularly good name for the mini angel was no angel and behaved rather like a spiteful lap dog covered in rust and dents she made a harsh rattling sound all the time the upholstery was a dirty grey and smelt of rot The top of the gear stick repeatedly came off, and dust blew out of the inadequate heating and cooling system, which seemed to be unbearably hot in summer, and freezing cold in winter. But none of these problems really upset Jenny. What terrified her was Angel's continual stalling, which happened at very unpredictable moments, and no garage ever seemed able to cure. What was worse, her mother took Jenny to and from school every day and each morning and again in the afternoon, Angel had to pass over an unmanned level crossing. Suppose they stalled there of all places. So when a car stalls, basically the engine cuts out um, and the car is then stuck until you restart it. So the idea of the car stalling on an unmanned crossing, uh, presumably some sort of train crossing, is obviously uh, quite scary. Suppose they stalled there of all places, Jenny often thought. Suppose her mother couldn't get Angel started again and one of the intercity trains hit them. Originally, the horrific idea had started as a mild fantasy, but as time passed and Angel's stalling became more frequent and unpredictable, Jenny's fears became an obsession. She dreaded each day her mother took her to school. What was worse, Jenny began to have a repetitive nightmare. Angel had stalled on a level crossing, and an intercity express was hurtling towards them. She was sitting beside her mother, who apparently couldn't see the oncoming train, and kept saying to Angel, as she often did in real life, Have a little rest now, don't get worked up. Have a little rest until you feel better. Then she would turn to the panic-stricken Jenny and say, It's no good shouting, dear. Angel won't start until she's ready. You know that. There's a train coming, Jenny would scream. Well, it'll have to wait, dear. Angel's not nearly ready yet. Jenny could see the number on the front of the fast-approaching diesel, 509. She kept trying to tell her mother, but she was still talking to Angel and wouldn't look up. Start the engine, screamed Jenny. She's not ready yet. Now! Start the engine, now! The 509 was almost on them, and she could see the driver's startled face. Wasn't he familiar? Wasn't he her father? It was always at this point that she woke up, sweating but temporarily relieved to find that she was back in snug reality. But this feeling only lasted seconds, as she realised that soon it would be time for school. An angel would be spluttering her way towards the unmanned crossing. Mum? Yes, dear? Her mother, glasses pushed down to the end of her nose, was studying the newspaper and eating toast. Her father had gone to the office in his brand new BMW. Jenny was feeling more panicky than ever. The dream had occurred four nights in a row now, and each time the terror had mounted she was becoming increasingly afraid to go to sleep. You've got to have a new car. hm? You're not listening, Jenny accused her irritably. Her mother reluctantly put down the paper, took off her glasses, and rather wearily ran a hand through her long brown, straight hair. The kind of hair that fell thickly round her shoulders, and that Jenny, who suffered from split, spindly ends, was jealous of, She wasn't exactly thinking about that now, but it did serve to sharpen her irritation. What is it? The car. Angel? You've got to sell it, mum. Never. But why not? You know why not. She was my father's. He drove her right up until he died. And while there's life in Angel, I'm going to keep her sparking. Sparking, said Jenny nastily. That's the last thing she does. She's always stalling. And one of these days, there'll be an accident. But her mother only picked up the paper again, making a wall between them. Mum! I'm not discussing Angel with you. You're as bad as your father. But mum! The subjects closed. Angel came to a full stop in the high streets and wouldn't start for ages. So when they arrived at the crossing... The gates were closed and Intercity 509 was roaring over the tracks, its gleaming coaches dazzling in the early morning sunshine. Jenny found the distorted steel threatening, aggressive, the diesel engine like a hungry mouth, the flashing wheels cruel and predatory. She could imagine Angel flattened beneath the crushing metal, and she saw again her father's startled eyes. Once the train had gone, the gates lifted. Angel's engine started uncertainly, and the Minnie coughed and clanked its way over the line. As she started sluggishly to climb the hill to school, Jenny started another attack on her mother, this time a little more desperately. "'Why don't you sell her? She's dangerous!' "'Angel? Yes, Angel!' "'The man from Meadow's garage said there was life in her yet, "'and while there's life, there's hope. "'Her mother tried to be jolly, but it didn't work. "'He just wants you to spend more money.' "'No, he wants me to buy a new car,' she said with surprising candour. "'But you've got to understand, Jenny.' "'I don't,' she replied bleakly. "'Don't you remember what Grandad said before he died?' No. I want Angel looked after. I want you to remember me when you drive her. He was ill, Mum. That's the point. No, it isn't. He didn't know what he was saying. He did, Jenny. I know what he wanted. Her mother was becoming sad rather than heated. Do you really? Jenny was angry now. She knew she was being unfair, but her fear was greater than her desire not to wound I just think you're putting your life at risk, and mine. Don't be so stupid. Her mother was stung, surprised. I'm not being stupid. Well, I think you are. That night, Jenny dreamed again, but the nightmare was much worse. This time, her mother didn't even attempt to start Angel, but simply sat behind the wheel, drinking from a thermos of coffee and reading her newspaper. While Intercity 509... Thundered down the track towards them. Jenny could clearly see her father behind the controls, and soon he was leaning out of the cab window screaming at her mother. She woke up with the 509 still heading towards them, her father making no attempt to put on the brakes. Jenny lay in bed shaking all over, the sweat dripping into her eyes. The feeling of relief swamped her again, and then came the realization. That she had to go to school. Where would Angel stall this time? Was this the morning when she would come to a grinding halt on the crossing? She got out of bed and slowly went to the window. The sky was a swollen grey and a heavy drizzle fell onto the misty garden below. Angel was parked outside the garage. Inside lay her father's BMW. That was another point of conflict between her parents for her mother was always complaining that Angel was left out in the cold and rain, while her father insisted his BMW should be kept in the warmth of the garage. So far, her mother had lost the battle, although she had fallen back on saying that this was the reason Angel kept stalling, that she would be much more reliable if she was kept under cover a defence that her father derided. Jenny didn't know what to believe, she was simply fed up with her parents' constant arguing, as well as being so afraid of Angel's unreliability. The whole business seemed to be circular. Apprehensively, she looked down at the old car, her rusty bodywork saturated and clothed in a blanket of mist. As a result, the Minnie simply looked not just sulky and disobliging, as she often did, but downright vengeful. The big row broke at breakfast, Mum had overslept, Dad had had to get her out of bed to move Angel so that he could back the BMW out of the garage, but the Mini had refused to start and Dad had mud on his trousers where he slipped over pushing Angel. He was furious, even more so as she had still refused to start. Mum was defensive and stubborn, you've got to sell her he was saying. "'spooning cornflakes into his mouth "'and trying to talk at the same time. "'She's a heap of junk. "'No, it stands to reason. "'Reason maybe, but she was my father's. "'Then turn her into a museum, but don't drive her. "'And find a field, not the drive. "'You hate Angel, don't you?' "'Her mother finally lost her own temper "'as Jenny sat down at the table. "'She's an utter nuisance.' The heightened nightmare still fresh in her mind, Jenny felt completely exhausted. Mum? Well I think Dad's right. You don't have to sell her. No one would want that heap, put in her father unhelpfully. You could keep her somewhere. Put flowers inside her. Make it into a memorial for Grandad. No, her mother rapped. Angel stays on the road just as my father wanted her to. Until she falls apart, asked Dad, munching toast and still looking furious as he picked at the mud on his trousers. Until the garage says she can't go any longer. There was a sob in her mother's voice now and Jenny took her hand. It's just that she might be dangerous. Somehow she felt she couldn't go as far as telling her about the nightmare. Maybe Dad would laugh, and Mum was certain to get even more upset. She's safe. But keep stopping, said Jenny as gently as she could. And won't start, put in Dad. But her mother had had enough. Rising from the table in a mixture of hurt and anger, she shouted. Shut up, you two. We're only trying to help, Jenny began. Well, you're not helping. Just leave me and Angel alone. I'm going to phone the garage. You'll have to take Jenny to school, Henry. With that, she went out and banged the door. At least this is one day when I don't have to dread the crossing, thought Jenny, as Dad drove her out of the drive in the BMW, leaving Angel slewed round on the concrete, looking huddled and pathetic now in the wafts of clearing mist. She glanced back just as they turned the corner and had the strange, unsettling feeling that the old car was looking far from angelic. Her twisted fender gave the appearance of a cynical smile. Neither father nor daughter spoke as the BMW drove down the high street towards the crossing. In fact, Jenny was so exhausted she must have dozed off as the car approached the rails. When she opened her eyes, that the BMW was straddling the crossing and had come to a halt. Dad? Shan't be a sec. What are you doing? What does it look like? I'm trying to start the car. But, for some unaccountable reason, she stalled. It's never happened before. He turned the ignition again and again, but nothing happened. Then Jenny saw the train coming. It was hurtling down on them, the Intercity 509. Get out, her father yelled. But when she tried the door, it wouldn't open. The child lock, he screamed, but it was too late. The 509 tore into the BMW with a rending, screaming, tearing of metal. That was Intercity 509 from Horror Stories to Tell in the Dark. As always, if you'd like to leave a tip or buy me a coffee, just look for John Abel Kofi, K-O-F-I, or uh, drop me an email, Writer at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, you should be able to see the cover of the book as the episode picture this is a cover from the puffin copy of the book Uh, and as I say I like this uh, this series because it's kind of got this sort of 80s 90s horror cover vibe Uh, but I hope you enjoyed that one Um, I'll probably time these sort of every every um, sort of five episodes or so I'll chuck in a bonus episode Um, but I will be back soon and take care